I'm David. And I'm Emily. And it's Wednesday. So that means that we're going to be talking a little bit more about what we talked about on Monday, which is Isle of Skye, a lovely little Highland board game that mm-hmm. we just kind of scratched the surface of. Uh, so today there is more, more Isle of Skye, more sheep and clans and broch. Did I get it right? Broch, yeah. Broch. I think so. I I don't know. My Scottish pronunciation is not the best. My Scottish family would be ashamed of me. (laughs) So would mine, actually. If you don't know how to play Isle of Skye, we would recommend that you have a quick listen to Monday's episode just to get a a gist of the overview of it so that you have a rough idea of what's going on. Uh, And then today we'll talk a little bit more about the detailed mechanics of playing this game. So talking about the turn order and, and the, the gameplay that we talked about last time, so the first thing you're going to be doing in this game is getting money, which is essentially what you're trying to scramble to collect during this game. And of course, everybody wants wants some money to be able to pay for the things that they're going to be buying during this. And you collect it basically based upon the amount of whiskey that is connected to your castle by a road. Charming. Yeah, absolutely. It's fantastic. Every single barrel of whiskey gets you more money. That's so Scottish. <laughs> well, it's a mechanic I enjoy because it means you're actively trying to add that whiskey into your kingdom mm-hmm. that you're creating. But the thing that has the barrel of whiskey on it might not have some of the things that are actually going to score during the game. So do you want to get the whiskey and get more money at the beginning of every turn? Or is it better interest for you to actually get something that's going to give you points immediately but might leave you broke later on because having money in this game is actually quite important yeah so that's interesting like a lot of the time i find board games like the two go hand in hand right Mm -hmm. like you will do stuff now that will net you points but also money so it's interesting that a game where there is an opportunity to get money kind of like doesn't go with getting points i think it's a good balance as well because a lot of the time you know you're sacrificing points to do things in some games or mm-hmm. uh you know money is occasionally equal to points but it's usually not uh in this game i think it's three coins to a point yeah. at the end of the game some so you're points, not, not many yeah it's not worth an awful lot to you in and of itself but of course it's very valuable during the game and I think that having that balance there of, of exactly how you construct your economy is very important. Uh, the other thing this game does have, which should be mentioned, I suppose, at this point, is a slight sort of rubber band mechanic, which is to say it helps you catch up if you're behind, which is if you're lower on the points value in the later turns of the game, you actually get bonus money every time you collect your income, which increases as the game goes on, based upon the number of people that's in front of you. So nice. Yeah, it's great. But it, it, it's actually, I think in this game it works really well. Rubber band mechanics are sometimes a little bit wonky. It's just there to make sure that nobody falls Feels out bad. of the game. Yeah. But the th- trouble is it brings them back in with enough chance of winning that it kind of makes you wonder why you spent so much effort to be out in front. Yeah. Whereas in this one, all it does is dump money in your plate, which puts you back in the game... But it doesn't give you such an advantage that the other players are left wondering what's going on. Mm -hmm. I know people who've played this for the first time look at it and think, hang on a minute, why did they just get six coins for having three people in front of them or something to that effect? But those six coins will only take you so far Mm -hmm. and you're still having to pay for things. And of course, the other players are going to be setting their prices higher and higher as the game goes on and they have more money. So it only gives you a certain advantage. So talking about money being important, but not that important, um, the reason why is because this game has a pretty solid like auction mechanic involved. It does. Um, when you, so you start off, you receive your, your coins and your whiskey money, <laughs> your beer money. Um, at the beginning of every turn, you draw three landscape tiles, sort of mm-hmm. like the little like squares with stuff on them. Yeah. Uh, you put them in front of your screen, and then you 
attach a prize to two of them and then you yeah. put an axe in front of a, the third one uh which i like because i like that a lot of games have that whole kind of like draw x throw away this many but i like that you can see everything mm-hmm. and then one of them gets thrown away regardless of what you want well that's it and it's and just it's... like i like the, the the hopelessness of it you know like oh that's a perfect tile for me i'm so excited i wonder how no matter what value david puts to that tile it's got so many sheep on it i want it so bad <laughs> and then david throws it away and then i'm sad you know yeah, it's absolutely true and the, the throwaway logic is also entirely up to the player they mm-hmm. might throw away the thing that is least useful to them and they want to buy one of the other two tiles they have left or they might deliberately throw away the tile that is going to give an edge to somebody else mm-hmm. so coming back to the scoring tiles that we were talking about on monday there are some tiles in this game that require you to set collect So you might need to have three different features within your kingdom. And for every complete set of three, you get X number of points. If I can see somebody has two of them in their kingdom and I'm the only player or one of the only players that has that feature in a tile in front of them and I don't particularly want it, I might just throw that tile away to stop you getting it and Mm -hmm. completing your set. Uh, So there's a lot of interesting things that go on there. But the auction is also intriguing in this game because you have to set a value against two tiles you, you, one coin at least mm-hmm. and then if you set three coins for example for a price I buy it from you for three and you get your three back and my three so you've made a profit of three coins but you've also not lost any but if I set it for three and you don't buy it then I lose the tile and the money no you get no? the tile okay. but you lose the money you pay for your own tile okay, never so the other thing you're doing is you're setting prices for yourself So if somebody doesn't buy that tile that's in front of you, you know that you are losing the money that is set against it. Mm -hmm. And of course, while you're doing this, and while you're trying to price everybody else out of the market, you also have to leave enough money so that you can buy a tile from somebody else, Mm -hmm. unless you don't want to. But there's all these thinking challenges that go on, and because there's a simple screen that blocks what you're doing with your money and your axe, you can actually mess somebody's game up quite effectively there as well. There's something about hidden information that makes people make bad decisions. It's so true. (laughs) Like, what's behind the screen? Yeah, and especially when you see something you desperately want, there's I think there's almost an instinct to assume that it's going to still be there. Mm -hmm. And it's hilarious watching somebody's expression when they have set their entire strategy that turn around buying that particular tile that's in front of you, and then you axed it. Or set it, price set it out of their possible budget. So once you've bought these tiles, you're putting them into your kingdom. And the logic of that we sort of talked about mostly last week, which is simply that terrain tiles have to match on the side. Uh, So you have to put a field against a field. You can't put it against a lake that isn't finished. But you've also got to consider the roads. So there are some scoring tiles, for example, that will only give you points if a particular thing is connected to your castle with a road. Mm -hmm. If it's unconnected, if it's sort of, you know, behind that mountain range over there and there isn't a road to get through the mountain range, well, tough. It may be in your kingdom, but you can't exploit that particular resource, Uh, which is an interesting way of thinking. And the other thing that's important to bear in mind when you're constructing your kingdom in this is you can have scrolls that you find. So, for example, my one might say... Uh, something to do with uh, one point for every two ships in my kingdom. And that scroll is located in a lake. At the end of the game, I will get one point for every two ships in my kingdom. But if I can complete that lake, that scroll becomes double in value. So I get two points for every two ships that are in my kingdom. So there's a lot of considerations in how you build your kingdom. Yeah, they seem to have 
like included a lot of a lot of stuff that you can divert your energy and your plan with, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of stuff that you can kind of like discover halfway through the game and then start throwing some time and energy and money into like again like building this lake for hopefully a bigger profit instead of just having to stick to one small plan at the beginning. There are a lot of like options. Absolutely. Here. And I talked about having your game tanked by somebody doing something that messes you over. And I think one of the things I like about this is sure your strategy for that turn might get tanked, but that simply means you shift somewhere else. And I think a lot of games don't make that consideration. Many by design. Mm-hmm. But sometimes they put the option in there, but if your game has been tanked, you're really really messed over. And there's, you know, sometimes very little way to come back. Now, yeah, I would consider a game that's that tight not terribly well designed. I don't mm-hmm. think you should be able to cut a player out early on. Yeah. But you could certainly be put at disadvantage in Isle of Sky early on, but you can absolutely come back and win. Mm-hmm. And still, like, have a good time and still do stuff that, you, that will net you points mm-hmm. and that will help you. It's always sad and it always, like, sucks when, like, you know, like, second turn, maybe, like, third turn when, like, something happens... And then you just, there is nothing you can do to win. And some people like that. They get to put all their energy into just like making other people's lives difficult. But yeah. it like sucks to like have that realization of like, well, this is my game. This is yeah, where we're at. It no? is difficult. I played my first game of Twilight Imperium a little while mm. ago, which is a game we may touch on one day, but is, is exceptionally long and uh, fairly complex. But I got shut down very early on in that. And I really enjoyed the game. It was great because I was just messing with people from my little corner. Mm -hmm. But from very early on in the game, I knew I had no chance of actually winning it. So it was more about just kind of seeing whose back I could stick a knife in at any particular point. But it, it definitely changed how I played out the rest of that. Whereas something like this, if somebody shut me down that early in turn one, I'd just go, well, okay, that's fine. I'll just start doing this instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if you can start getting those scrolls. Because once you start getting scrolls into your kingdom, as well as the four scoring mechanics, and in later rounds in the game, three scoring mechanics may be scoring each round. Mm-hmm. So you're, there's a lot of things picking you up points. A lot of things going on, yeah. You can't, you know, if I'm trying to screw you over... I can't shut down everything. And if all three tiles in front of me have something that you want, I might be able to kill the thing you want the most with my, my axe token, but you're still going to get something. Yeah. And that I really, really like about mm. this. So that's it for today. Uh, join us on Friday and we're going to talk about other classic games that mm-hmm. uh, have clearly influenced this one and also talking about like the cultural space that this game occupies. See you on Friday. <laughs>